3: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi,
1: I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dumb Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. Get your merch. Today.
0: Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live-play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The mystery punchers are searching their respective homes for whatever clues were left by Sally. Adrian was unsure whether his house was his home until Red cheered him up. Red found occult mirrors that wouldn't show her reflection. And Richter received a panicked call from Reinheimer, who was losing a battle with something occult. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into
4: the mythos. Richter, you've just heard uh, the sounds of, of uh, a scuffle and uh, what seems like um, injury uh, or, or something uh, come through the phone um, from a, a voice you recognize as, as Reinheimer's. Um, he mentioned a long time ago which uh, motel he was staying at. So you do have that address um, with you kind of in your proverbial character Rolodex. Uh, but it sounds like he's in in dire trouble, which is strange given the amount of ability he has shown to this point and uh, somewhat concerning. What do you
3: do? Uh, the phone is in the kitchen. Uh, and beside the phone is like a notepad just for like writing stuff down. So I write, uh, uh, Reinheimer in danger at... Motel. I write the address, and I write, "I'm going," and I grab the note, and I grab like a, like a tack, and I I run out the front door and I stick the note on the front door, and I'm and I'm off. Okay, amazing. We'll say it's at the Glenhurst Motel. Okay, Glenhurst. Um, I didn't. Do you change? I was. I was about to say, I didn't say that I changed, so it's canon that I'm in my robe and slippers.
4: Okay, great. I was also just going to clock that and bring it up later. Glad we're all on the same page. Yeah, Yeah, Is uh, still I'm
3: in...
2: covered in blood?
3: No.
1: You got rid
4: of the oh, blood-soaked I've clothes. Oh, okay, missed, yeah.
1: Comfy robe. Do you so have in... your shotgun or Benny's hand, or is this just Richter in a robe?
3: I have my uh, shotgun. Um... But I wouldn't have dumped Benny in the bathtub with my shitty clothes. I would have taken him out. So I think I feel, he's in my robe.
4: I feel like um, in the same way during the pandemic, I just like shift between several different pairs of sweatpants. And every time I do, I just move my keys and wallet to the next <laughs> pair of sweatpants. I feel yeah. like it's just second nature at this point. Like, oh, I'm, I'm changing clothes. But like yeah. Benny's hand just comes with it as you're know, pulling a shirt on. Benny's hand goes in the pocket. Yeah.
3: So the um, complete ensemble is like that undershirt, like that tank top that was like kind of the style. Like you you always have an undershirt on, mm-hmm. right? um the like striped like boxer shorts uh slippers and a robe that is kind of like loosely fluttering in the wind as i like pump my arms and gives yeah. you
4: geriatric street. batman vibe as you yeah. uh yeah. You book it across across town yeah um <laughs> okay great um
2: i feel like you're one wrong roll away from going back to that psychiatric asylum
3: i'm trying to play it like i'm losing my mind i've got i don't have a lot of sanity left it's yeah amazing. man you're
4: you're not wrong uh the good news is the motel isn't far uh from from your home uh you can you can sort of see it in the distance uh and uh you uh you continue at a at a full full sprint i kind of imagine you running the way um forget his name but he's the new muppet that they made for like the jason siegel muppet film um who's like the main character guy and just there's a scene where he just runs and it's just like all head and arms um i'm imagining it's that but like much more jack skellington um as you just kind of like like Like,
3: surprisingly athletic like i have the athleticism of the six flags old guy like i'm really i can really move if i need to yeah, you know, if the Venga bus was coming and you wanted a
4: seat, you would like yeah. you'd make you hear
3: it. me before you see me. <laughs> just <laughs> brr. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> likes to party.
1: Yeah. Uh
4: amazing. Okay. So <laughs> it's it's just you running, kind of making that sound, but it's less <laughs> like a horn and more just you trying to breathe as, as yeah. you run. Um
3: great. Uh so you see the the motel in the distance.
1: Uh
3: and uh Can I ask, do you know, I see? evidence of a ray gun being fired from I this
4: far away. I was literally about to say okay. uh, as you're running um, you see uh, an arc of blue energy oh, sort of God. burst through the wall of, of uh, the second floor of the motel uh, into the uh, the cloudy sky overhead briefly lighting up the, the sky uh, like a bolt of thunder um, before dissipating. Uh, given what happened last time you saw one of these guns go off not the best not the best um red uh can you roll me a stealth check uh you and adrian are uh moving up to the upper floor of the diesel estate uh the mirrors have been smashed you're holding a shard out in front of you and uh you are in search of your gift
2: oh that's that's a fail
4: fail um you wince as one of the steps creaks Uh, You remember it from uh, your days as a mystery puncher. I think we've established you guys didn't visit Adrian too often. Like he had kind of the, um, uh, the Ambrosia Institute and like some other stuff that just, you. I don't know. I I feel like Adrian's a kid you hang out with when he's out and about, but you wouldn't spend a lot of time like in his, in his room. Um, But you do remember this creaky stare. uh, And as your foot hits it, you just wince a little bit and freeze Um, and, uh, you hear nothing, like, nothing, like, jumps out and is like, ha-ha, used stepped on my step. Um, but it's just one of those things that, like, as a seasoned, like, break and entry person, it's just a fucking, like, professional slight.
2: Yeah, this is just, like, whatever stealth we had is just, like, well, if they know we're here, they know we're here now, like.
4: Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, you also, um smell uh on on the air there's just something kind of tickling your nose a little bit um we described earlier how richter's house still kind of felt very stale um and there's uh there's something um uh fresh but also musky kind of on the air you can't quite tell what it is but you've only started to smell it as you reach this floor
2: does it smell like blood
4: uh it does not
2: okay then she's going to continue
4: excellent um and uh adrian same story one step down
1: (laughs) yeah i think he's starting to get concerned because sprinkles hasn't come to say hi yet so he his his level of anxiety worrying about his cat is just slowly ramping up Mm -hmm. i I don't think it would be visible in his behavior yet but it could lead him to make a bad decision in future (laughs) I think that's fair. I think that's a fair, fair choice. Um, All right.
4: So um, with that, uh, you reach the top of the stairs, and um, we'd established, I believe, Ryan, that uh, Addy wouldn't sleep in his parents' bedroom because it's his parents' bedroom. He'd stay in his bedroom. Um, The door to the master bedroom is ajar, um, and red. As you reach the top of the stairs, um, your foot squishes uh, on the carpet. Uh, and, uh, you look down, uh, to see, um, that the, the carpet is, is, uh, darkened. Um, it is, it is wet.
1: Uh,
4: All
2: right.
1: Addy will reach down and touch the carpet and then look at his hand. Um, you
4: don't see anything on your hand. Then he'll smell his hand. Oh man. That's a, that's a bad smell. Uh, can you roll me an int please? That is... I'm going to give you advantage on this, Ryan, so re-roll your um, worst dice.
1: Came up the same number, so that really determines itself. Uh, Tom, I will spend two luck to get an extreme success. (gasps) Damn, man, all right.
4: Uh, You know this fucking smell. You never forgot this smell. You've been trying to go investigate this fucking smell for days. (gasps) This smells like your arch nemesis, the fish woman.
1: It's, it's the fish lady. (laughs) (laughs) And he looks at Red, he points at the door and he's got his knife and he's like, "Mm -hmm."
2: she's going to, Give him one of those like, okay, Adrian nods and, and she will, but she'll go to the door for sure.
4: Sure. So the two of you begin to make your way down the hall. Um, Your feet are squinging as you do. Uh, The, the, the carpet is, is soaked. Um, And Red, now that he has pointed out the fishliness of it, particularly coming from living in Boston for a while, like, you know, the smell of fish. This is definitely a fishy smell. Um, It's the same smell you guys remember from your uh, Deep One encounters uh, earlier. Um, So you make your way down the hall uh, towards the master bedroom. Uh, Richter, you arrive at uh, the Glenhurst Motel um, to um, uh, sort of, uh, again, sounds of of a struggle uh, upstairs. You can see there are several holes that have been punched through the side of the building um by uh laser fire it would seem um there's sort of that uh singed sort of cauterized uh look to them um as is the way with kind of a lot of things in like um Sunnydale and in Buffy like people are aware some shit's going down but also so much shit has gone down lately that like people have clearly fled the motel um there's no staff at the front desk um but uh yeah you can see that it's one of the uh the rooms on the second floor seems to be where
3: this this has gone down what do you do um I I start going up the stairs like those outside stairs kind of yep. thing yeah yeah I start going up the stairs and I'm yelling I'm shouting in German reinheimer I'm here reinheimer are you all right um and uh, you just hear a voice yell back in
4: here mr Richter
3: not reinheimer's voice then uh he's yelling in German so it is Oh, okay. All right. I I was thrown by the lack of hair, Richter, but okay. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Okay. Tom I, knows I four
4: words in German and he translated them on the fly. I I
3: uh I I go I go to the voice. Um you uh
4: approach uh the suite that clearly has like the window and some some holes blown out. Um there's a, uh, a light rain beginning to fall um, as you uh, kind of approach. And you can see it's actually like dripping through a hole in the ceiling as well. Um, you peer into the room um, and uh, there's one flickering um, broken light bulb um, in a, a lamp on the floor. Uh, you can see blood all over the walls. Um, there's a leg near the door. Um, and uh in the back corner of the room, kind of in this flickering light with a light rain beginning to fall on it, uh, you see the massive hulking form of the king in yellow. And it begins to lurch and move.
3: Which way does it move?
4: It's like kind of like bumping, uh, like it's it's kind of twitching and, and undulating up. It's not like running towards you or anything. It, yeah. it, it seems to be like fixated on this this corner.
3: I level the shotgun at it, and I, sh- I call out again to Reinhimer. Um, and uh, he, he just goes, yeah, un-
4: un- under here, Mr. Richter.
3: And where uh, is the voice coming from?
4: Uh, well, uh, after keeping your finger off the trigger, uh, the, the king in yellow uh, moves with, with sudden speed as it's pushed up and off of the torn and shredded man uh, beneath it. Uh, you can see that uh, as it falls over, uh, it, the entire kind of um, chest cavity is hollowed out and and burnt um, and um, clutching with um, a skeletal hand, um, a somewhat blackened and uh, kind of like burnt and shredded. Think like um, in old timey movies and you fire a musket and it would just burst like a gun that is clearly overheated, didn't go nuclear, but clearly overheated. Uh, and what's left of Reinheimer? Um, his guts are hanging out. Um, he has uh, there's a, a tentacle through his cheek um, that uh, you can see, sort of like that inky, um, like goo shit on his teeth. It seems he bit it off. Um,
3: oh, he's but, hardcore. Uh,
4: as you look at it, you recognize that this is the same goo um, that you saw at uh, at the mayor's house on the windowsill. Um, but uh, he looks up at you with his one remaining eye, the other, which is trailing down his cheek, Um, and uh, he just says, Mr. Richter, I'm so glad you picked up the phone. And in his other hand, you see the phone that he's kind of ripped off the wall, Um, and uh, he just says, there's not much time left. To save your sister and the Reich. Please, you must listen. This has gone so terribly wrong.
0: I I, I am listening, Reinheimer. What has happened to Ingrid?
4: It's not what has happened, Mr. Richter. It's what's going to happen in my time. And then he, like, Drops the phone and with trembling hands reaches out and kind of grabs your shirt and he says, You must go to her in my time. She will tell you what to do. He pulls you in closer and he just says, You must save Adolf Hitler. Uh, meanwhile, um, back in the diesel estate, um, you- I don't want
1: that to be season two. <laughs> <laughs> mystery puncher save hitler
4: look man (laughs) the nazi is telling you to save hitler there's a lot of shit you can do to hitler that isn't saving hitler
3: yeah why do you think when he said save your sister and the reich i was like how do i save my sister
1: (laughs) (laughs) dum-dums and dice would like to invite you to check out their flagship podcast dum-dums and dragons it's a show where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of dungeons and dragons it features laura elizabeth as the wizard alan tyler hewitt as the Thief Quinny and Ryan Laplante as a cleric named Butthole. Through their first season these heroes experience the minds of Fandelber. but starting in season two they step into a world of fully original adventures from the mind of DM Tom McGee. Follow them from the beginning of their quest through five more seasons and beyond. Check it out now. Tom Doms and Dragons. <laughs> Back in the mansion,
4: uh, you begin to uh, you make your way down the hallway uh, with the overwhelming uh, smell of fish. And uh, red, you uh, approach the the door, which is ajar. Okay,
2: for
1: a door to be. <laughs> what's in this jar? <laughs> All right, I'll see myself out. Uh, if
4: like you want to find out how I the mystery punchers defeat Hitler, come find me on a different show where people don't make <laughs> jar jokes about my doors.
2: Uh, she's just going to tap the door open with her foot and just enter with mirror and gun outstretched.
4: Um, Sure enough, uh, you are greeted with uh, a... Horrific tableau of um, the, uh, the deep one that eluded Adrian uh, flayed and pinned against the wall um, in similar fashion uh, in the chest cavity um, sort of squished partially against the wall is a crudely made cake. Um, with uh, some candles that have burnt down uh, and a $5 bill.
1: Well, this is so nice. Uh, And he'll just walk forwards and just stab his knife into the Deep One's head. And then he'll take the $5 and be like, It must be my birthday. There's a Uh, gift of money and a gift of a dead fish woman and a cake.
4: You hear um, a low chuckle uh, from a darkened corner of the room and uh, the, the red glow of a cigar, at which point a voice just smiles smiling. You can hear the smile in his voice just says, "Your birthday and my birthday. Good night, red. The shoelaces die with you." And Donnie Splinter levels the glowing laser cannon at you.
1: Oh man. Addy fucking football jumps. Just every fucking muscle in his body is gonna throw him at red in like a cover tackle get her out the fucking door business.
4: Okay, amazing. So you 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 full on like Secret Service leap at the laser. Yes. Um at the laser or at red? At, at red. 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 Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's... Okay uh richter um you are uh holding uh the the dying reinheimer um and at this point again to be 100 percent clear no interest in saving hitler but curious about what the fuck is going on
3: i was like who's hitler like
4: and, and <laughs> reinheimer there's just that moment of like sideshow bob stepping on a rake where it's just like yeah. <sighs> um, he says listen it was imperative that i come back and bring you to ingrid In my time, something terrible happens to our beloved leader. He made some alliances perhaps he should not have, and while they helped turn the tide of one war, they have caused another in my time. And now the the Reich is poised to fall, and our beloved worldwide empire is poised to collapse. The new millennium was not what we hoped And if you want to save those still alive, then including your sister, you must travel there, help her and help undo this terrible crime. Please. And he hands you a small, um, it it seems to be a small circular device that we of sci-fi fandom would absolutely identify as like a communicator beacon, um, but that you just see as a weird little piece of metal. And he says... This will translocate you to your sister in my time, in one week's time. She will give you further instructions. Please, you must stop. And then he falls over
3: dead. I'll take the disc. Is there anything on him that survived the altercation with? If I, if I go through his pockets.
4: Um, so and... he's he's pretty fried. Uh, yeah, with the gun, I figured. The gun burnt up most of the side of his body. He's got like a, a Harvey Dent thing going uh, yeah. from Dark Knight. Um, you don't find much. Um, searching the room, uh, It, I mean, I think being fairly certain at this point that he's a time-traveling motherfucker, like you find the typical things that you would assume someone who doesn't really have any, any understanding of the time they're in would buy so like there's just a lot of like there's like several toothbrushes he's clearly very confused about like what their purpose is and and like there's clearly something better he's used to and he's bummed about it um but there's not like a, a dossier or anything you do find um surveillance images of the store of you of Johnny splinter of montgomery greaves um mm. uh of uh the mobsters like he clearly had his his finger on the pulse Unfortunately, there are no notes um, that you can find. Uh, there is, however, a strange black square uh, that is seems to have a shiny glass of some sort
3: and a metallic back. Um, I'll, and, I'll take all of that. Sure. Um, and then I will uh, head out the front, uh, assuming that the phone that he called me on is no good at this point. Yeah.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you could use the front desk again. The the, everyone,
3: yeah. I was just gonna like go like next door to like just look for a motel room that has like the door hanging open because somebody just took off. Yeah, I just want to go into one of the rooms, grab a phone. I want to call uh Addie's house, the diesel residence. Okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, I um, I mean, I as a player know what you guys are dealing with right now, but I feel like it's just true to Richard to be like, I should give them a call.
4: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, (laughs) totally makes sense. Um, great, uh, okay, so. Ryan, I don't really know that you can roll a dodge check if you're trying to, like, bodyguard her to the
1: floor. Um, I guess we could get you to roll... I guess strength for the tackle? Like, it's more related to getting red out of the way than anything else.
4: Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm struggling with is I actually don't know if you need to roll anything. If your goal is not to get hit, then it doesn't really make sense that you're rolling anything. Because also, like red's completely blindsided so i feel like you could
1: just plow like you're, you're basically just a battering ram at this point right um what if um in exchange for the role because i do think there should be a cost for everything i've got one luck. Cost? i've got one luck so that's not really much of an offer to be like i'll give you my one luck well, sure
4: no i'll take it I, I was actually no but i was
1: gonna say what if i give you half my sanity Cause I think the thought of losing red would be sanity shattering. Sure.
4: I, I mean, we could do that. I was also just going to give it, give it to you as a free action. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's do that. So I'll take your one point of luck. <laughs> I'm like a lawyer. Who's like, you need to pay me a dollar so that we're, we're a partner. Yeah. But um, no, I just, it, it, it's one of those checks again, that like, as we've been playing this, I don't feel like you should throw dice when dice aren't needed. And I think if your goal is to knock red, who would probably crumple if you did this because you've done it before, I don't know that you need to roll for it. Um, if you're willing to accept consequence, because he basically is going to get just a free shot at you uh, for this. I mean, yeah. Addy never cares about consequences. Addy cares about red. Fair enough. Um, All right. Uh, So while I look up this guy's stats uh, and roll some dice, uh, describe to me how, like,
1: what, what this visually looks like, please. I think this is the rare moment of something truly acrobatic from a human body that is not meant to be acrobatic in any way. So I think... Rather than like a, a balletic leap, it's it's almost like he did half a wall run and then just sprung both legs off almost horizontally and his arms swoop around in like a slow-mo to kind of take her out of the way with him. Okay. Uh, all right.
4: So um, sprint across, leap, knock her down. Uh, I rolled an extreme success. Um, so he opens up uh and uh buddy you're going to take 16 points of damage
1: but tom i okay i have one luck nah, fuck okay so tom, i have i have 8 health yeah what uh, does that do
4: well yeah cuz you can't spin oh shit okay um you Leap forward and you wrap your arms around red um, and suddenly um, you feel uh, a jolt um, and warmth uh, and I think you you realize that it's it's always nice to get to hug someone on your birthday and laying there with red in your arms, a birthday cake nearby. You feel something small and fuzzy rub against the side of your face. And you see even Sprinkles showed up. And honestly, you've had a bunch of birthdays. But Adrian, this might be the best one yet. And with that, you die. (laughs) The phone begins to ring uh echoing throughout the diesel manor as donny splinter begins to swear and just looks down at his laser cannon and he's like goddamn one shot ice cream man piece of shit and he throws it to one side uh and um he just cracks his knuckles and he says well fine guess we'll do this the old fashioned way uh and he begins to stalk towards you red You are holding the body of Adrian diesel and the man responsible is approaching you. What do you do?
2: (sighs) Uh, uh, I I believe the the word is uh, kill this motherfucker.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So your fingers wrap around the knife still clutched in, in Adrian's hand um and uh you look up at Donnie Splinter what do you do
2: He doesn't have a weapon right
4: He's got fists
2: He's got fists right I'm going to let him come to me He does Great and the second that he's within like like uh i'm gonna let him you know like if he has to clock me once in the face to get close enough for me to stab him fine uh but the second that he's within like reliable reach you know it has to be one of those just like this is a sure shot i can't miss i won't miss
4: so he kicks adrian's body aside um and he grabs you by the hair um and just kind of like pulls you up Uh, And he just gives you that, like, classic condescending douchebag smile. And he's like, a dame running a gang. (laughs) What do they think of next? And then he fucking clocks you in the face and shatters your nose.
2: She's gonna uh, spit out the blood that's now just running freely down her face. Um, And just says... (sighs) I wish I had a shoelace to wrap around your sad, pathetic neck, but this'll have to do, and she's just gonna stab him right in the heart
4: uh all right give me uh give me a strength check my friend
2: oh, very no.
4: very important strength check
2: oh no <laughs> that's.
3: That's great. That's good, right?
1: That, that facial expression does not bode well.
2: <laughs> it's a ninety-five. <laughs> I can't even spend the requisite amount of luck to bring it down to what I need it to be.
1: <laughs> Look on the bright side, a fumble's a
4: ninety-six.
2: <sighs>
4: so yeah, not not the absolute worst. Um, Ryan, this was this is the dagger from the Corbett House, right? Yeah. Okay. Um Red, uh, you jam the blade deep into uh, Donny Splinter. Um, you can feel him grab your wrist as you try and do it, and you're trying to force it forward, force it forward, force it forward. But then you catch a, a glimpse of Sprinkles rubbing against Adrian, trying to get a reaction out of him. And the rage is overwhelming. So you jam the dagger as hard as you can at uh, Donnie Splinter. Uh, and the minute it pierces his flesh, he disappears. You drop to the ground. Um, just a, a, Just maybe a quarter of an inch of blood on the tip of your dagger, knowing he must be somewhere, but also likely alive. And you hit the ground hard blood dripping from your nose, pain spiking through your knees as you turn to see your friend and his loving cat Sprinkles.
0: This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Leplant on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker. At Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. And all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to dum-dums and dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are dumdumdice. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the
1: mythos. Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Fire Unfriendly, Logan, and Gillan Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
4: Good evening, and
0: welcome to Strange Air. I am your host, Malcolm Smith, and I'll be here for the next four hours taking your calls as we explore the outer regions of reality. Ten years ago, Malcolm Smith vanished from the face of the earth. One moment, he was on the air in the middle of a sentence, and the next moment, he was gone.
1: People will believe anything.
0: So what do you think happened? I believe your father staged the whole
1: thing. I believe your daddy was taken. Do you believe in miracles? I guess people believe what they want to believe.
0: I believe I'll have a little more wine. It's time you heard the truth about your father. You're completely insane. Did someone hit you?
2: Leave me alone! What's going on?
0: I'm going to find my father.
2: Strange air. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit strangeairpodcast.com for more information.